Welcome to Humanity Shines with Shelly Nagel. This podcast features people from all walks of life, their ups and downs, and what inspires them. Today, we have Casey Wegleitner joining us from the Caribbean. She is a captain, recipe creator, and world record holding spear fisher woman. Hi, Casey. Hello, Shelly. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. Of course. I wanted to start out. What inspired you to live on a boat? Yeah. Uh, well, I was living in LA mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I had to take some time to think about this because it was never really my dream to be on a boat or go sailing or even on my radar whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be that, uh, I met someone oh. and I, yeah. So I, I met my part, my now partner, George. And we had been together for maybe about six months and we're like, you know what, like, let's go travel together. Let's do some things. And he was in a place where he was able to, uh, he had uh, left work for a while. So he was taking a bit of a break and I was freelance, of course. So it's, yeah. it's fairly simple for me to just kind of up and go if I want to, right? And uh, so, yeah, so we thought like, okay, well, what's going to be the easiest, not the, I should say easiest, but we thought what's going to be the most like accessible way to travel and see a lot of places. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, we can go and we can take a, you know, fly on a plane, go stay in Airbnbs everywhere and travel that way and or do an air, uh, do an RV, right? Yeah. And then the boat thing kind of came up. And we're like, well, people don't really do that because we had no idea. Yeah. So we started looking at YouTube and kind of searching around. We're like, wow, like this is actually possible. Like people live their lives on these, you know, mid-sized boats and just travel around work from from the boat if they want or um digital nomads so yeah i love it how we got to where we are so what is your everyday like like you live on a boat what what are you doing every day um gosh it's so different there's absolutely no routine whatsoever (laughs) uh we're very (laughs) It's very like weather driven. So we are so driven by what's going on with the weather, um, mm-hmm. what the seas are like, uh, you know, depending on what country we're in, of course, like what kind of anchorages we can get to in that. But some days we're sailing. Some days it's a 10 hour, 12 hour sailing day to get to the next anchorage. Wow. Other days we wake up, we hop in the water, we maybe do some spear fishing. Hang out with some friends, go to the beach, you know, just kind of, we like to be in the water and be active. Uh-huh. Uh, so n- most of the time it's a lot of free diving and, uh, and those types of things. So have you had any situations where you're scared just with storms and the weather when you were sailing? Yeah, we've had a few, um, storms can get quite scary. Yeah. It can get intense really fast and it does remind you just how small you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how great mother nature can be. Yeah. So we've had a few storms that have, you know, genuinely frightened us, yeah. which actually fueled the decision for us because we originally were on a power cat. And, uh, of course you have, you have the two engines on the power cat. Uh huh. 
one of our engines went out and oh. we had quite quite big seas behind us. We were doing a long crossing, the longest crossing we had ever done, which isn't much in the grand scheme of things. Right. For the size, I should say, for the fuel capacity that we had, it was quite a big journey. It was about 90 miles, somewhere in there. Uh, And um, one of our engines, the uh, belt had broken, and uh, which is common, usually not a big issue. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't get... Um, we couldn't get a nut off. It was, uh, there was a, a stripped bolt, so we couldn't, couldn't release it in order to change the belt. So we were down an engine and the other engine was not our best yeah. engine. So we were like at the end of the season, we needed some work done and we, um, yeah, we were, we were scared because we thought like the way, the weather was not in our favor. There was lightning storms all around us. There was heavy seas, like I'd mentioned that were coming from behind as well. It was just not a good situation and, had our other engine have gone out, I mean, truthfully, we kind of would have been, we would have been screwed. We would have had to just float until we either called Coast Guard or found a place where we could drop our anchor. Yeah. And that, uh, that can get scary. And that's, um, why we now have a sailing boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so are you a self-taught sailor and yeah. captain? Yeah. How did you yeah. guys do that? <laughs> Yeah, it was just through experience. I mean, we just threw ourselves into it. And that's one of the reasons why we named the boat Not a Clue. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we named the boat Not a Clue because, as you can imagine, we had no idea what we were doing when right. we first started this journey. I mean, from, like, the moment we stepped on board, we didn't know how to flush the toilets. We didn't know how to take care of anything, wow. right? Because it was, it was so different. And, uh, yeah, so we learned through just friends. Uh, we hired a captain for a while to take us around and show us a few things. And then of course, just experience and, you know, we're on, we're on the boat 24 hours. So it's every day you're learning something different. You're having to deal with a new issue. You're having to, um, learn something new about the weather, whatever it is, there's always an obstacle. Mm -hmm. So just Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, trial and error, really. Yeah. Where are you sailing to? I know that you're in the Caribbean. What different countries mm-hmm. are you going to? So we started in Florida. Uh-huh. We bought the boat in Fort Lauderdale. We did the Bahamas actually for about three years. So three seasons, I say, because we were not out during hurricane season. Yeah. But uh, we sailed up and down the Bahamas um, for, yeah, about three years. And we finally made it to the Caribbean, which is a huge feat for us. We were very excited to get down this way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so all through there, we've done the DR, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and now we are in the BVIs. Wow. So we just arrived in the BVIs about two days ago. And we will continue south and go to Grenada, actually, for hurricane season. Wow. Are you making friends or there's a community of other people who are living on boats that you're connecting with? Yeah, there's a massive community of cruisers. I mean, they're all over the place. Yeah. It's shocking. I did, I had no idea that, that this community existed until we got out there and you get to an anchorage and you're there and there's 300 other boats and they all live aboard. And, oh. um, it's, it's quite cool. And yeah. 
there isn't at it's mostly retirees so mm-hmm. it's few and far between that we find others uh within our age range that are out here but mm-hmm. it does happen and when we do it's it's uh exciting to travel with them for a while yeah um we call them boat buddies so we always have our our boat buddies and yeah. uh you usually kind of go port to port with them and sometimes you go your separate ways and you meet up maybe next season or you see each other in another country um but but it is a quite a tight knit community and they're all very helpful and everyone's very willing so it's nice oh that's great and are you exploring the different countries then like during the day sometimes are you mainly on the boat or yeah we typically before we go into port you know we research what's going on and mm-hmm. um head to town maybe check out some local spots um try the local cuisine a few places that people have you know told us that are like must sees yeah um yeah so we're always kind of looking for what that particular kind of island is known for and trying to see that off of our list and then uh find something that might be you know different like go to a little deserted island somewhere or find a find a place that we really think would be a good diving spot or something like that yeah. Can you tell me about what kind of diving you're doing? I'm curious what that's all about. Yeah. Uh, so I am a free diver. I actually just got my master's free diving uh, certificate about, I think it was about a year ago now. Wow. And um, yeah, so we dive without tanks. Wow. Uh, it's all done on one breath. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh it was quite an interesting like the whole diving thing was an interesting journey because I started out when we originally when we bought the boat and yeah. um I can remember the first few times that I went in the water realizing uh how little I really knew about diving and how I was like wow I really I'm not even that good of a swimmer like honestly I was yeah. not so putting fins on and a mask and like not really knowing what I was doing and trying to go down and you know, you'd go down six feet and I wouldn't know how to clear my ears or I wouldn't know, um, you know, you'd get nervous about the fish or whatever's around you. And, um, and then, yeah, you know, fast forward to about, you know, two years later and, uh, I'm regularly diving 40 to 50 feet to, you know, a minute to two minute breath holds underwater and to yeah, to get your masters, you actually have to dive to a hundred feet on one breath and then do like a over three minute static breath hold. So that's what's required to get that certification. So you're literally diving a hundred feet on one breath. Yeah, I've passed scuba divers, which is quite, which is quite cool. Like you see them down there in their tanks and you're just like swimming along, holding your breath. Like no oxygen. Just holding your breath. Yeah. Yep. That's incredible. <laughs> and it sounds <laughs> terrifying. That's amazing. And then, so you're diving and are you like, you guys are fishing for your own food and stuff as well? Yes. That's how I got into the free diving initially. Um, right away, spear fishing was something that I was interested in off the uh-huh. bat. I knew uh-huh. that I wanted to do it. I knew it was something that I wanted to learn. Um, and that was a big part of being out on the boat is I was like, it's all about learning new skills mm-hmm. and just, um, 
exploring, just trying to trying to learn something new as an adult. And um, yeah, so spearfishing was what originally got me into free diving. Yeah. Because the deeper you go, the better the fish, the longer you can hold your breath, the more successful you are. So the more I got into fishing, the better my breath holds got, the more depth I had gotten. And then that kind of developed into learning how to properly free dive and um, taking some classes. Wow. That is amazing. Uh, I wanted to ask you about, you have this YouTube channel. This it's mm-hmm. called the fish fish and where you yes. create your own recipes. I want to hear all about that. Yeah. So the fish fish, uh, I started that, gosh, I think it was last October. Now I started the fish fish and that is all about making easy. I started that back in October and that was a way for me to make seafood recipes accessible to people. I think, mm-hmm. um, I found that as I was cruising, I was finding a lot of other boaters and cruisers that really didn't know what to do with their catch. So a lot of fish was being wasted, quite honestly, or people were spearing things that they were, they were unsure if they could even eat it. So there was just a lot of, there's a lack of, a lack of knowledge there. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was hosting a lot. Of course, I was catching a lot of fish. I was catching a lot of lobster and conch in the Bahamas and shellfish, different types of, of seafood. And I wanted, to make seafood interesting and um, interesting to also people who are living on land that want to go past the basics of grilling and baking and just sort of throwing a filet on the fire. Yeah. um, A way that they could incorporate seafood into their daily life and sustainable seafood at that. So everything that I work with is sustainably caught. That's amazing. Yeah, I have looked and I've seen pictures of the food that you're creating and I'm like, that looks incredibly delicious. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and then do you take people step by step on your YouTube channel in terms of like how to cook it or how to how to make the food? I do. Yes. So I have a website that will state a blog site that states all the recipes. So you can go ahead and read them on there. Otherwise I make videos for all of my recipes. So they're on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, they're very short, concise, yeah, uh, easy to follow recipes. Nothing's majorly complicated. I do use, uh, I follow what I, what is called the Segan diet. So it's sustainable seafood and vegan ingredients. And that is what all of my recipes are. Recipes are dairy-free, and they are vegan if you just omit the fish or if you want to put in a replacement for that fish. So I try to make it easy to do that. I would love to hear some of your sailing stories, anything that really stood out on your adventures. Yeah, there's a few times that have been really special, and it does remind you. I think, I think the one thing that people don't – see as often of course that you never see the hardships right so mm-hmm. it's it's hard it is really hard maintaining a boat and yeah. it is very demanding some like i said something's always breaking i mean sailing is difficult looking at the weather is hard like yeah there is many times you kind of just sit down and you're like why are we even doing this like you hate to say it because you're in this beautiful tropical place you're like what am I doing why am I even out here like it's so stressful sometimes but then you get these moments that 
yeah and you you get these moments sometimes you're like wow like that's why we're doing this and it's when you're sailing along and you see like a pod of whales and oh wow uh, yeah and it's like we've seen pods of um uh we've seen pods of pilot whales out in the ocean and we've been able to stop and get off the boat and it's like the water is just like glass and you get on the paddleboard and I paddled out to these pilot whales and we just turned the boat off and it just sat there because there was no current, nothing. I got myself out to these whales and they're like around my paddleboard, making noises, swimming underneath, playing around with me. And it's an incredible experience that you would never, you'd never get on vacation. You'd only get if you're having, you know, if you're, if you're in this lifestyle, it's the only time you would run across that and be lucky enough to be able to do that. And we've seen numerous amounts of just cool wildlife. The wildlife's incredible. That's really the best part for me is I was able to do the same thing with a mola mola, a sunfish, which are these crazy prehistoric looking fish that are, huge and they have like a fin on the top and a fin on the bottom they're just nuts looking and they're totally like (laughs) they can't defend themselves whatsoever they're just like like these useless blobs it's quite funny (laughs) um (laughs) but uh they'll you know they're very interactive and they'll come around you and let you swim with them and stay in the area and we see dolphins riding the bow a lot so they come up to the sides of the boat and they like to ride along the side of the bow and play with the boat as they cut the wake. Yeah. So. Wow. That's incredible. Things like that that are just really special. Have you. Any amount of sharks we've seen. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Tell me about that. (laughs) Yeah. We've seen all kinds of sharks, which is incredible. We've had like 15 foot hammerheads. I mean, I've swam with hammerheads. I've swam with tiger sharks, swam with bull sharks. Reef sharks, yes. Nurse sharks, all of them. Um, and they don't yeah. try to eat you? Uh, no. <laughs> so, so you, you learn their behavior, especially when you're fishing. Uh-huh. So when you're spearfishing, you do have to be cautious, of course, because, you know, you're no longer at the top of the food chain when you jump into the water. Yeah. And so you have to watch out. And if I have a fish that's bleeding and I'm holding it to my chest and I'm looking around me, there's bound to be a couple sharks that are coming in trying to find oh. out where that fish is. And, uh, yeah, so we've, I've only, I've had maybe like two hairy situations with sharks that I probably wished I hadn't, I wasn't there in that moment. <laughs> Can you tell but, me about uh, those moments? <laughs> Yeah, so one of them actually was when I was diving for my, I had gotten my world record. So I was out in, um, I knew that the school was there. We had already pinpointed it. Like I, we saw the fish the day before we said, okay, I was like, that's, that's a record size. I know it is. And I always kind of keep a list of, of fish to keep an eye out for when I'm, when I'm down in the water. Yeah. And uh, so we knew that there was uh, a school of these horse jacks out on the ledge. And this ledge went from about 40 feet and it drops off to like 150, 200 feet. And that's sort of like the sweet spot. Like we like to fish in those areas because there's a massive ledge. You never know what could come up from it. You could get all kinds of pelagic, like tuna, mahi, uh, African pompano, those types of big, yeah. big game fish. 
Um, or, and you can find, you know, really nice size snapper and reef fish and things like that. So we go out there and, um, there's quite a bit of rules surrounding world records. Uh huh. So when you get the fish, you cannot be assisted. Uh, no one can help you bring the fish up. You have to get it to the boat to yourself. You have to put it into the boat by yourself. Like there is no assistance whatsoever. Uh-huh. And, um, that's very important. So I saw the school. I picked out my fish. I had my dive buddy, James. Um, he was there with me and, uh, George was off actually with the dinghy and he was quite far away, like further than we would normally be with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was all happening quite quickly. So it was, if I didn't go now, it was, I was going to miss my chance to get one of these, one of these fish. So I didn't have the best holding on the fish. Uh-huh. Um, my spear to kind of give an explanation of what it looks like. Uh, although it sounds extremely scary, like normally the, the sharks don't it's typically an accident if they go after you. He wants my fish. He doesn't want me. He just sees that there's blood in the area. He knows that something's injured. He knows that I have it. And so he's looking for it. Right. Um, so that was a fairly, fairly close, close call. And we yeah. had to swim quite a ways with James. I mean, poke, it's not often that they get close enough where you have to physically poke them away with the spear. But right. this was one of those times where we had to you fend had off to. about. Yeah, it was like three or four sharks that we had to fend off as I was swimming back to the boat um, to try to get the fish in the boat as quickly as I could. And this is the fish that you caught that you hold a record now for. Is that correct? I do, yeah. Yep. So it's the world record for uh, horse-eyed jack on pole spear. Wow. And you're diving and holding your breath and going like up to a hundred feet. Yeah, not, I don't go that deep as often anymore. Um, yeah. we stick around like 40 to 50 feet. Usually that's like the good, like sweet spot for fishing. Yeah. Uh, it's not often that I go past that, but yeah, but yeah, I have in the past. Mm-hmm. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite thing to eat? On the sea. One thing that I think I could never get sick of is conch. That oh. is probably my, my favorite, favorite seafood. And that is essentially a very large sea snail. Oh! <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not sure what that is. I have to ask her, but you told me. Yeah, yeah. So they're massive. I'm sure you've seen their shell before. They're uh-huh. pretty common. Um, but it's a very large seashell. And there's a snail inside of it. It grows with the shells. The conch uh-huh. grows as one. It's not, it's not like a hermit crab or something like that where it transfers shells. Yeah. And, um, the meat is kind of sweet like lobster, but has kind of more the feel of like octopus. Uh huh. I've had octopus before. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit like that. Um, but a little bit, a little bit sweeter. It's really nice and, you, typically you eat it raw, you make like a conch salad out of it. So you, oh. it's, it's a difficult task to clean them. Once you get good at it, it goes quickly, but, um, it can be a little daunting at first getting them out of their shell. Yeah. And then, yeah, you just skin it and make a ceviche out of it and it's really, really tasty. Oh, that's amazing. 
And do you feel like you want to keep doing this long term, living on the sea? And you know, funny enough, we've been having that conversation a lot lately, and I think our time is coming to an end. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be almost well, a little over four years, five years by the time we're we're done. Yeah, um, we do plan to kind of go back up the Caribbean into the Bahamas. And then I think we're going to start pursuing some other things on land. Uh-huh. Uh, we're ready to ready to get get our feet back on land and just have things maybe a little bit more accessible and just try something new. Get, yeah. Have a new adventure. Do you have any, um, would you like to share any of your new ideas or that is that kind of brewing and kept secret for now? Yeah, I have, I have some stuff. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I have a few things that I'm working on at the moment that are exciting. Um, just sort of a career shift. Not quite ready to say what it is yet, but That's okay. um, I'm learning, learning a lot about uh, Amazon and wholesaling and um, creating a, a product for boats. So it'll still be boat related, but yeah. I'm now moving. Um, there will be no more film and television makeup artistry for me. I think when I get back, it yeah. will, I'll, I'll start to shift directions a little bit. Are you guys planning on coming back to LA? Or are you guys deciding to put down roots somewhere else? We have no idea yet. Yeah. Uh, that is, that is one thing we've been struggling with and we're fortunate enough to be able to have the choice. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, probably not LA. I think that is off the list. Yeah. Um, I love LA. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I miss it, but man, it's expensive. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. And it's gotten pricier. So. <laughs> and if you don't have a reason to be there. Yeah. 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 If, if you like, could do. If you don't have a reason to be there, if like work isn't there. Yeah. No, I totally understand. Well, Casey, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your adventures. And I just, you live this inspiring life where you're like constantly creating, reinventing. And I, the last time I saw you, I was, you were actually doing my makeup and you're like, you know, I, know. I, think, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna live on the sea. And it's, <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was like, what? And you're like, yeah. And then the next thing I know, I see a picture of you on the ship living this life and it's incredible you make your dreams happen so thank you so much for sharing with us today absolutely no thanks for having me and I think if I can leave everything with one thing it's just that you know it it is very very much possible to make those dreams happen and yeah I think initially I thought we would never get here I thought there's no way I can do that and you know you'd be surprised to the spot, lay my ass on the bench.